0: Today in Watching Your Wealth, what you need to know about buying a horse. This
1: is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger.
0: This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Matt Helfrich is president of Waldron Private Wealth. Welcome, Matt.
2: Thank you, Veronica. Thank you for having me.
0: Great to have you. So, Matt, folks may have just watched the Kentucky Derby and may think it's time for them to buy a horse. And so I'm wondering what your initial reaction to that could have good intentions, but I would think some folks don't realize it's the cost involved.
2: Yeah, Veronica, most people don't realize that owning a horse and the actual purchase of the horse is just the tip of the iceberg you know typically when you go and buy a horse it's a major purchase often in the 5 to 6 figures depending on the quality of the horse and usually the that horse you know like anything like any major asset that you're going to purchase you want want to make sure you do the proper due diligence on it which requires vetting fees which requires understanding the seller on the other end and then oftentimes you know when you're doing some of these major transactions you may not even buying it here in the United States this may be being bought over in Europe which requires Uh, Currency conversions as well. So, most people don't even realize all that goes into a horse. And once you get that horse over here, there's a carrying cost. You have to pay for stabling, you have to pay for trainers, you have to pay for farriers, you have to feed the horse, you have to transport the horse. So, while everyone has a great intention of having the next racehorse to win the Kentucky Derby or the next uh, show jumping horse or the next Olympic dressage horse, there are significant costs involved. And usually, you know, the joke I like to make with a lot of people is, you know, it's like a tattoo. There's never just, you can never just be satisfied with one. There's more horses involved after that, which requires more farrier fees, which requ- requires more boarding, which right. requires more transportation.
0: Got uh, Yeah. So there's a lot of costs involved. Um, you had mentioned vetting. Do you have any vetting tips in terms of folks, if you are buying here or internationally
2: you want to understand so there's two types of vetting there's the due diligence and there's actually getting a vet there to look at the horse (laughs) so you want to make sure the horse that you're buying is of the quality and the caliber and you know i sort of liken it to you're making an investment in an athlete and oftentimes when professional sports teams uh uh, sign an athlete. They want the athlete to undergo a physical. What you're doing with this with this vet is you're putting the horse through a physical to make sure that after you buy this horse, not one or two months later, are you having to do some unnecessary decisions that you don't want to do because the horse you bought originally is not uh, is not up to snuff from a from a health perspective.
0: If you want to race your horse, that, that's a whole other set of fees and costs when you think about horse racing, isn't it?
2: Oh, my goodness, yes. And, you know, you have to have a trainer involved. You have to, you know, there's the stabling, there's the feeding, there's, there's everything else that comes uh, that's associated with it that people just don't realize when they, when they own this horse. Everyone sees the, the, the Kentucky Derby and he gets excited when they see the people in the winner's circle. But they realize that like any, again, like, like, like any other athlete, those athletes are the most elite athletes Uh, Not every person that's in the NFL is Tom Brady. Not every person that plays in the NBA is LeBron James. Not every horse that that races is going to win the Kentucky Derby.
0: Indeed. So should we look at a racehorse as an investment?
2: Uh, I would look at at any horse as an asset that you own that you get enjoyment from and not necessarily as an investment because uh, more often than not, your horse will not – uh, pan out when you uh, equate all the costs involved to be uh, an asset that uh, that appreciates as much as you would like. You should look at the, uh, you should look at it as an enjoyment asset first.
0: That makes sense. So, what are some good motivations to to buy the racehorse, and maybe not such great motivation?
2: I'd say good motivation would be enjoyment. Uh, you like doing it. It brings your family together. Your family likes to do it. Uh, you have a passion for the animal. Uh, involved I think those are great motivations uh, I think the motivation of making money or getting rich quick from mm-hmm. owning a horse is probably the, the the bad motivation to have
0: bad idea I've, I've spoken to folks who own racehorses and they said there's really no such thing as get rich quick and often when you think you have a winner that poor horse you know gets injured or something happens wondering how do most people pay for horses uh,
2: most people you know they just outright pay, just pay outright yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean i don't know any bank that would really be willing to lend on that just because <laughs> there's so much uncertainty with respect to, to to the horse itself you know one quick you know funny story you know how do you make five million dollars in horses well you start with 10
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know a few people who would agree with that matt we need to take a quick break but when we come back i would love to hear some more about horses and your tips in regards to them
2: WSJ Special Access gives you a front row seat to some of the Wall Street Journal's most exciting content, like The Quirkier Side of Life, a new series that features the fun, surprising stories our reporters come across. The chief executive walks
0: 10,000 barefoot steps every day. He recalls stepping on a bee, which put him off earthing for a couple of days, but he got back to it.
2: Check out The Quirkier Side of Life on WSJ Special Access, only for WSJ subscribers.
1: The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. What's the future of space and the law? Companies like Elon Musk's SpaceX. High-tech guns. This is about choice in types of guns offered for sale. Brain implants. They didn't know how effective this was going to be. Urban farming. But what about
2: a building that's 30 stories tall?
1: And the mass production of
2: meat. Now these cells came from a duck.
1: The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger.
0: We're back with Waldron Private Wealth's Matt Helfrich. Matt, we're just chatting about what folks might want to consider before they buy a horse. So we talked about how you might pay for it. What about if you're lucky enough to have a winner? How might you handle those taxes? What do you have to think about?
2: Well, you know, believe it or not... Uh, most of the time the taxes aren't going to be an issue now again everyone's personal situation is a little bit different but typically uh, what we've found in, in situations is the winnings don't offset the, the costs involved in the business oh. so usually the expenses <laughs> associated with the business usually more than uh, help offset the, the 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 winnings associated with it in fact most times people will have to be careful that you know they they, they put this horse into a business, and they, they, they think of themselves as establishing a business. And most of the time, what you, have, what you have to watch is that you're not violating the IRS hobby loss rules. And that's actually the bigger implication when it comes to taxes, as opposed to what to do about the winnings, because most of the time, you know, all, all the other costs involved, in, in, in the maintenance of the horse more than offset the uh, the winnings associated with
0: Can it. Can you briefly remind us what's involved with those rules? Like, in, you don't have to go into great detail, but in summary.
2: You know, what the IRS, and I think just, you know, what it comes down to is the IRS wants to make sure that uh, it actually has a business purpose and there as an, an actual economic profit to be gained and to be taxed. And you're not just using these horses as a shelter uh, and, uh, to shelter, take uh, to take some losses to offset your other income, because that's in, inevitably what ends up happening. So what the IRS wants to make sure is you're not taking something that's a hobby, creating a business around it, <laughs> and using the losses from that business to offset other income.
0: Makes sense. Um, the IRS always wants their money, of course. So we're talking a lot about horses, but I'm wondering what some general advice you can give us about luxury per purchases in general? For example, if we think we want to buy a vacation home in Europe or some other such asset, what do we need to consider?
2: You know, the the, the thing I always tell people is there, you know, can sometimes be surefire ways to, to, to really dilute your wealth, and that is imprudent home purchases, imprudent hobby purchases, and I'll, I'll sort of equate the horses to a hobby, uh, private aviation travel, and uh starting restaurant like businesses with 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 friends, um, and the reason for that you know you need to have a plan and you need to have an exit strategy from it. you know what often happens is people buy a house uh, th- because they like a certain place uh, that they've gone to with their family. They buy a house and like a horse, they don't realize the carrying costs involved with it. you know you may have to staff it, you have the taxes, you have the maintenance if it's on salt water, you have the the, the additional maintenance associated with that. And people don't realize that when you have these things, there are, there are other carrying costs associated with it. And if you don't buy these things at the right price, not only do you have depreciation in, in the asset, but, but in, the, in addition to that, you have all the carrying costs associated with it, which really can be a long-term erosion of wealth If you, if you when you start adding two, three, four houses to it, much like two, three, four, five horses.
0: Indeed. So that's a good sense. Get a really good idea of what the costs are and take a long-term approach and see how it fits into your overall financial plan. Great tips. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. Thank you, Veronica. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcast at DowJones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: Stand by for a new podcast experience. The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th.